0: This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 2nd. Today we celebrate Saint Basil the Great. Holiness ran in Basil's family. His father, mother, several siblings, and his grandmother are all venerated as saints. Basil himself was an outstanding teacher of the faith, who founded what was probably the first monastery in Asia Minor. Born into a wealthy family in the year 329, Basil was well-educated and seemed destined for a career as a teacher of rhetoric. But after studying various modes of religious life, he was baptized, took up the life of a monk, was ordained a priest, and ultimately became an archbishop. Arianism, the heresy that denied the divinity of Christ, was at its height. Emperor Valens wanted to allow heretics to receive communion. When Basil remained firm, the emperor backed down. But the times were turbulent and internal dissension was everywhere. Basil was often misunderstood and misrepresented and was even accused of heresy himself. Nevertheless, he remained a tireless and devoted pastor and bishop. Basil was designated the Great at a church council 72 years after his death. Almost 1,200 years later, he was proclaimed a Doctor of the Church. Mm -hmm. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
1: I'm Father Richard Kunst with a Papal Minute. The Church has had saintly popes but has also survived sinful ones. Among the darkest periods in history of the papacy was the 9th and 10th centuries. If there is one personification of these dark times, it is a woman named Rosia who is thought to have been the mistress of Pope Sergius III. Leaving aside the salacious rumors about Marozia, the noteworthy detail that most certainly sets her apart from anyone else is how many popes she was related to. Merosia was grandmother to Popes John Twelfth and Benedict VII. Her great-grandsons were Benedict VIII and John the Nineteenth, and her great-great-grandson was Benedict IX. Were it not for her illicit involvement in the papacy, this would be one heck of an impressive family tree. This has been your People Minute. To learn more, visit peopleartifacts.com. That is peopleartifacts.com.
2: Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area, heard right here on the RPR Network.
3: Good morning and welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Doug Weingart. And Doug is just being a chatty Kathy today. <laughs> can't, get a, can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I may tend to dominate. <laughs> So Doug is. Uh, this is his first time co-hosting. His first time on the radio. So he's our new listener relationship coordinator for Eastern South Dakota, and we're kind of. Uh, and I'm listening. You're listening. I'm listening. You're listening. You're a good job listening. So, <laughs> uh, if you missed any of our previous two segments uh, to start our morning, you can always check out our podcast on RealPresenceRadio.com or download the app, and you can get all of that information on the app. It's free. Just download Real Presence Radio and you'll be set no matter where you're at. So I'm really excited about our next guest. The one and only Father Kirby is on the line with us. Good morning, Father Kirby. How are you?
4: Good morning. Good to be with you both.
3: Thank you. Such a pleasure to have you on this morning. For the listeners who may not be familiar with who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
4: Yeah, you know, I'm a Catholic priest, uh, pastor of Our Lady Grace Parish in Indian South Carolina. I teach as an adjunct professor over at Belmont Abbey College and I'll serve as a papal missionary for mercy. And I'm all a theologian, and every once in a while I'll write a few books.
3: You write a few. <laughs> yep, you've done a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on to talk about your latest uh, book that has been released last month. Uh, please tell us a little bit about that.
4: Yeah, so the book is entitled A Year with the Pope since 365 uh, reflections, uh, one for each day of the year, and and you can start anytime you want. It's just day one, day two, day three. So sometimes oh, people think perfect. you have to start on January first, but it's like no, you just start whenever you can, wherever you want. But it's basically 365 reflections from the early church in terms of St. Peter, and then all throughout church history, and then a lot of quotes from the time of the Second Vatican Council, and then a heavy emphasis on Pope St. John Paul II.
3: Oh, beautiful. So why popes? Why um, are popes so central to our faith?
4: Yes, yes. So first I'll tell you, in, in full transparency, I originally proposed, uh, in terms of the book, I proposed a year with John Paul II. That was oh. what I was originally thinking. And then in conversation with the publisher, they said, how about we broaden it and do you know year with the popes? And as we talked and brainstormed, I thought, yeah, you know, that, that actually makes more sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, the... The idea of highlighting the popes just helps us to understand really the sacred office that has been given to us. I, I start the book, actually, with the prophet Isaiah, where there are prophecies about the key bearer in the kingdom of David mm. and how those prophecies were fulfilled by the Lord Jesus and the establishment of the papacy. And so we're just showing that, uh, the importance, the, the sacredness of the office, so that, you know, as Christian believers, we can have greater affection and respect for the papacy and appreciation for its role within our faith—that that this is, you know, the, the vicar of Christ. This is the spiritual mm-hmm. father that's been given to us, and and to, to do our best as we try to follow the way of the Lord Jesus to to honor and respect of that sacred office.
3: Yeah, because it's more than just the man who holds the office, too.
4: Amen. Yeah, I tell you, if we just looked at the man, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> 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 you <know? laughs> right? and that goes all the way back to the early church, I mean, even St yeah. Paul tells us in his Galatians, he had to correct Peter many times um mm. you know and of course, we see the interaction between the Lord and Saint Peter, the Lord had to you know constantly mm. guide and correct Saint Peter, so the fact that you know a fallen man is given such a sacred office shouldn't surprise us uh, saint Paul says we we hold this treasure in and first in vessels,
3: right, right, so when you were uh Coming up with this, with the popes for the year, were there any popes that surprised you as you're looking outside of John Paul II? Were there any that you were like, he was not what you expected?
4: Yes, actually, a a few of them. But uh, let me say Pope Pius uh, VII, who was the pope really during the intensity of of the uh, Enlightenment and, and the French Revolution, and just a lot of really difficult times, uh, persecuting times for the Church, um, he comes on the scene, and, and, and he really is like a Padre Pio. Uh, he comes on the scene, and he levitates, and he can read hearts, and he has the power of healing, and he is just a spiritual powerhouse. And I'm thinking, as I'm looking at and researching this, I'm like, why have I never heard of this guy? <laughs> it was pretty good know, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that was definitely kind of like refreshing and, and encouraging. And um, also uh, Pope Benedict XV, uh, who was the Pope during World War One. just really going into his writings, uh, as a man he was, he was somewhat sickly and, and was not Pope for very long and, and is easily overlooked. But mm. actually you read his writings as he is admonishing and exhorting Christian heads of state to prevent the war that everyone saw coming, and of course, we call it now the, the First World War, and it was an interesting time because it really was the end of the Christian nation, as as we understood that historically, and, and then the, the 15th was really calling on these Christian heads of state to, to live their faith, to be peacemakers, to seek the path of reconciliation. It was really laboring and suffering to prevent World War One. And, and reading that was actually uh, very encouraging. I, I'm familiar with him in passing, but I never really read his documents or or his teachings, and, and that was uh, very encouraging.
3: That's really awesome. So you y- you learned a lot just by uh, being encouraged to break out of just John Paul II. That's really interesting.
4: Oh, very much, very much. And, and I'll tell you, let me tell you, Pope Pius the 10th, um, for a long time he was the only contemporary pope canonized uh, sometimes I feel like every pope getting canonized now But <laughs> I was just going to say
3: that it seems like they're all saints I wonder right. <laughs> if you don't become a, a saint after your pope then that says something I guess
4: <laughs> right. people are like oh what's wrong with him <laughs> what's
3: wrong with that one did we forget him <laughs>
4: but, but for, for so, a long time was the only one who's canonized and let me tell you uh, he was Pius X is the only mm. parish priest um, to actually become Pope.
0: No
3: kidding. I didn't uh-huh. know that. Yep.
4: Uh, yep. Person. Yep. So you know, parishes, as you understand, were really created by the Council of Trent. And, but even before Trent, um, as I looked and looked, I think I went back as far as the 13th, 12th century. Mm. I could not find where a parish priest was elected Pope as Pius X T- stands mm. out. And you can see that in the way that he led the church. Uh, he very much understood the grassroots, he understood where people were, their struggles, their concerns about the faith, and his motto was to restore all things in Christ. And so I, I, I've always, you know, approached Pius X with great respect, but I thought, man, there's a lot there. He, was, he was a farm boy. He had to work as a boy to raise money in order to eventually to afford to go to seminary, and he wow. wanted to be a priest. Like, and he gave his whole life to the service of the gospel.
3: That's beautiful. Amazing. So thinking about Pope Pius X and thinking about, you know, um, the hierarchy of our Catholic faith, how much influence does the Pope have on us lay people in the average parish in South Dakota? You know what I mean? How much influence do they have?
4: Yes. The good ones have very little.
3: <laughs> 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 so,
4: um, you know, the, the, the good popes that we see, which is a vast, vast majority. Let me tell you, there are so many spiritual masters and mystics who have been popes. It's it really, has, it, it's an untold story that I tried to start telling with this book. Mm-hmm. But some powerful men who were just on fire with the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, who had led the church. And the Good Ones always understood that the task was to empower and strengthen the local church, the diocese of the world, and then parish life. And so they would do very little to disrupt the work of local pastors, because they always sought to be the source of encouragement and stability for the local church. So some of the more um, difficult popes wanted to change everything, and oftentimes caused a lot of confusion uh, on the local level, you know, so the Pope can have as much influence as he wants, you know, as, as we mm-hmm. saw during the time of Vatican II, like things can change drastically, you know, right. or he can have as little influence as he wants. And historically, in looking at history of the papacy, the ones who chose that little influence were oftentimes the ones who had the largest spiritual influence.
3: Hmm. Interesting. So... That brings so many questions, Father. <laughs> I know. It's like, what do you
4: do with that, right?
3: I know. that. It's like, I need a few minutes. I'm, we're going to be back with Father in about a half hour now.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, Let me tell you because, this, what's
4: interesting is, if you look at the times where we've had 266 popes, and about 10 of them can be classified as, as bad or lukewarm popes. And if you look at the times in which we've had bad popes, so the Medici of the Renaissance, or the Borgia Mm -hmm. Pope, uh, Alexander VI, and so on, in the times of these bad and lukewarm popes is the times in which the churches had the greatest explosion of saints. So it's almost as if the Holy Spirit was making up for what is lacking in the hierarchy by raising up from the grassroots powerful saints. So you see clusters of great saints. You can look and say, oh, yep, that was the time during a bad pope. So the church will be holy, either through her shepherds or through the baptized.
3: Wow, she's powerful. She prevails.
4: Amen. Nice. Amen.
3: Well, for those that are just tuning in, we are talking with Father Kirby, and we're talking about his latest book. Uh, Year with the Pope's Daily Meditations from the Vicar of Christ. Um, And we're going to take a quick break, Father. If you'll stick with us through the break, and I have many more questions for you when we come back. Uh, Folks, stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this.
2: Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.
3: Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo DiFilippis of
0: St. Luke Productions.
5: The Reasonableness of the Universe The more we know of the universe, the more profoundly we are struck by a reason whose ways we can only contemplate with astonishment. In pursuing them, we can see anew that creating intelligence to whom we owe our own reason. Albert Einstein once said that in the laws of nature, there is revealed such a superior reason that everything significant which has arisen out of human thought and arrangement is, in comparison with it, the merest empty reflection. We see revealed a powerful reason that holds the universe together and we are penetrating ever deeper into what is smallest, into the cell and into the primordial units of life. Physics and biology and the natural sciences in general have given us a new and unheard of creation account with vast new images which let us recognize the face of the Creator and which make us realize once again that at the very beginning and foundation of all being, there is a creating intelligence. The universe is not the product of darkness and unreason, it comes from intelligence, freedom, and from the beauty that is identical with love. Seeing this gives us the courage to keep on living, and it empowers us, comforted thereby, to take upon ourselves. The adventure
3: of life. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com.
2: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
3: Good morning and welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll, And I'm Doug Weingart. And we're your hosts this morning broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. Having a great conversation with Father Kirby talking about his new book that is out. And the perfect time to start this new book because it is A Year with the Popes. Um, fascinating information and I just over the break told Father Kirby he needs to get in touch with Father Kunst so Father Kunst if you're listening I think you do need to meet up <laughs> uh, so we're talking tell us a little bit about what uh, people can expect from this book what's the format how does it look what kind of information's in it
4: Yes. yeah so, so there's of course uh, 365 meditations each one is, is a day and, you know, just one page, and so it starts with an intro paragraph of sorts that it it kind of just explains the context or the situation or the importance of the papal quote that follows the intro. So there's the intro, then there's a quote from, you know, primary source, something from a pope uh, either addressing something in society or the spiritual life, or an ascetical practice or something, you know, and so, and then after the quote from the Pope, then there are a few uh, statements that are made, some some highlights in terms of what this quote was all about. Then there's usually two or three questions, kind of an examination of conscience, to help us apply okay. what, the, what the Pope just said, you know, in terms of whatever aspect it was, you know, prayer, ascetical, life, whatever that how do we apply that to our lives? And then it concludes with a prayer. And so it's meant to be very quick. You can do each day in about five to eight minutes. It can be as long as you want, of course, but (laughs) you can do it in five to eight minutes. Mm -hmm. And I very much had the working person in mind when I drafted this. And I'm a pastor. I know how people, how busy people are. You know, I tell people, look, you can start whenever you want and you do it however you want. So I was like, well, I'm going to do one every day. Great, that works for you. I know for me, I try to do one every day, and then I miss a few, and then it's like four one day, three the next. And then, you know, a couple of weeks days go by, and then I do maybe two more. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yeah. you know there's, there's no hard to You rule sound like me. <laughs> you, know, right. you know, no one's getting a gold star <laughs> if you do one every day for a year. You, know? um, so you, you do what you can, you know? So and, and one person yeah. emailed me, and they said that they do a holy hour every week, and they're just doing seven during their holy hour. You know, I thought, okay, great. Wow. Like, You know, whatever whatever will help. And, and the quotes are all chosen to apply and to help us in our discipleship. How, how can we be better Christians? How can we be more faithful following the Lord Jesus?
3: So what made you want to write this particular book?
4: Yes, yeah, so originally, uh, with John Paul II, I, I wanted to highlight his work because there's so much that he taught that so many you know people in the pews just have not even heard in you know, such such a mm. body of teaching, and when we broaden it to all the popes, uh, that same idea was was kind of you know in the background of what is in our family history as Catholic Christians that has not been told or not been heard, and that very much mm. was was the impetus to. Help us hear the voice of our spiritual Father uh, through the history of the Church. And so sometimes it was to address, you know, events in Western civilization, in in history, so like the slave trade, or Galileo, or the Crusades, or various things. Like, let's hear the Pope's voice. We've heard the secular version of these things. What were the Popes saying about these things? So that was a big part. And then aspects of the spiritual life, you know, teachings, beautiful teachings about devotion to Our Lady, about the importance of fasting, so highlighting that, also as highlighting aspects of the signs and wonders that we see in the life of the Church, so various miracles and healings and, and things of that sort. So, you know, all these parts were there. words, I want us to be able to see, as Catholics, the beauty and the twists and turns, you know, again, of our family history as believers and to highlight the parts that can help us to understand what it means to be a Catholic Christian, to be a member of the Church, and then what it means to try to be an even better and more faithful disciple of Jesus Christ.
3: Amen. Well, I think so often, especially in this day and age, we get so focused on what's going on right now in our faith, in our world, what's going on with our Pope, what's he saying, what isn't he saying, all the things. And I think what I'm hearing from you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's important to go back and look at our history because it might feel chaotic right now, but it's been worse. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> We've been more much. chaotic, and the church is, you know, we're just a, a church of people, you know. Exactly. Um, and so I've, exactly. I'm gathering a lot of encouragement from that.
4: Exactly, and, and 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 to say this respectfully, but you know, popes come and popes go. Uh, this this is the Church of, mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, and it's guided by the Holy Spirit. And we've had some, the vast majority, we've had just amazing spiritual powerhouses as popes, and we've had some lukewarm popes that led to you know areas of confusion and and distress, and we've had some bad popes. Mm-hmm. And they've come, and they've gone. And, you know, I oftentimes tell people, sacred tradition has a great power, a great way of absorbing what was bad or lukewarm, maturing it, and life goes on, you know? And so I think if, you know, people look today and say, you know, what's going on in the Church? Maybe they're struggling with Pope Francis, maybe they don't understand what's happening, like, I think we're all kind of scratching our heads on some recent decisions for the Vatican, you know, well, we can step back and say, you know what? This too will pass. You know, it's like the wisdom of Gamalel from Acts of the Apostles. You know, when the Apostles were being persecuted, the wise, revered rabbi Gamalel said, listen, if this is not of God, it will fade away. If it's of God, it will stay. And we have to be careful because if we're fighting against these men, we might actually be fighting against God. And so that same wisdom of whatever is not of God will pass, and things that are of God will flourish. And you know, it's easy because we live in this time period to kind of just see everything from the perspective of our times, or of the current Pope, or whatever it might be, but then to step back and look at our history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had some real doozies in the past, you know, Um, (laughs) and, and the Holy Spirit just had a way of kind of cleaning it up, moving it out. And life goes on.
3: Yeah. Beautiful. So, if someone completes this entire journey uh, with the popes for the whole year or however they plan to do it, what do you hope they walk away with knowing after reading this book?
4: I hope they walk away saying, first of all, feeling and, and experiencing a deeper love and affection for the office of the papacy. The the spiritual father that's been given to us, but also just to walk away with a profound sense of, of, of gratitude for being a Catholic Christian, to knowing our family history, to knowing what we have accomplished, what we have suffered through, and to just have that sense of, you know, noble pride in being a Catholic Christian.
3: Beautiful. You've inspired me, Father. Um, where can people find the book, and can you repeat the title once more?
4: Yep, yep. So the book is A Year with the Popes, and it's available through the publisher, Chan Books, also through local Catholic bookstores and the EWTN Religious Catalog.
3: Beautiful. Any last thoughts before we let you go? It's been just absolutely wonderful to have you on this morning.
4: Yeah, I, I would just say it's just such a blessing to be Catholic Christian, to have the fullness of the Christian faith, and to understand the important gift that the papacy is to us. Like, I just, I very much want to emphasize that, and I I hope this book helps people to come to that deeper appreciation and love for the Pope.
3: Beautiful. And will you part us with your blessing, Father?
4: Absolutely. Let us pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine upon you. May he grant you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you to follow the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Well, Father Kirby, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. It's been an absolute pleasure. My
4: pleasure. Yes. Thanks. Take care.
3: Thank you. Have a good day. Wow. Yeah. Now I need to read that book.
1: Yes. That's the first <laughs> thing that I uh, wrote the title down and everything. I'm like, oh, yeah. You're like, we need
3: to go out into the store and see if Linda's got it. <laughs> Just keep praying for him. Yeah. 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 Well, and it is, it's interesting to hear, uh, the church has been through a lot. She's been through a lot and, uh, we're all right. We're still here. We're still fine. So if you missed that interview, it was a great interview with Father Kirby. He wrote, uh, the book, Year with the Pope's Daily Meditations from the Vicar of Christ. So sounds like a really fantastic book. We're going to take a quick break. Aaron, we're going to go break just a minute early, um, But folks, stay with us. We have another great book that we want to talk about right after this break. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this.
2: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio
6: Network. As Catholic people, we recognize our lives are gifts from God. Blessings received are a result of God's grace and goodness. Our Lord entrusts us to be good stewards of His many gifts. We are called to conduct lives that honor Him and bear witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. As we begin a new year, let's reflect a moment on stewardship. Your life should provide an example to others in the way you live your faith, the way you manage your possessions, and the way you plan your estate and personal affairs. You have spent a lifetime acquiring your assets and living your faith. Fortunately, we can provide you with an estate planning guide that allows you to put all of your important information in one place and enable you to document your intentions. To request an estate planning guide, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started.
0: This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible study. In Deuteronomy 30, Moses sets out a choice. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. It doesn't sound like much of a choice. Who would willingly choose curses and death? Yet the need to state the obvious remains even today. Often in our times, evil masquerades as good, and good is presented as evil. It's actually quite easy to be deceived and to unwittingly choose a course of action that brings death. That's where Mother Church comes in. And with her teachings, she guides us through the earthly minefields right to the door of our Father's house. Today, Jesus has set before you the ability to choose actions that will lead to life and actions that will lead to death. Which will you choose today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace. Power. Purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org.